The employment hour right here, one 821 5900 You want to get a hold of Lior at any time or Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a bunch of emails today. We'll talk about the severance pay calculator, which is one super handy tool. But first, we get to the week that was. Yeah, the week that was, John. Uh, thank you. Always like to get started with a couple of stories. And obviously, this is the, the time, the show, where we tell you, educate you hopefully a bit about your legal rights, employment law, if you're working, if you want to be working, uh, if you used to work. Guess what? Uh, you have rights, and we're here to tell you mm-hmm. what they are. Uh, and uh, to start off, I'll start off with two situations, John, that I dealt with this week where I think uh, there's some important lessons, hopefully, for our listeners uh, to be learned here. The first situation uh, involved uh, a lady that called me this week. Uh, she works for a, a transportation company. Now, this company also operates school buses. They employ school bus drivers, and she was a school bus driver. She's been doing this job for 30 years. Most of her colleagues have been there for 20 years plus. And uh, what happened was that the the company Mm -hmm. just recently lost its contract with the school board. So effective uh, coming up in September, they will not be providing school bus drivers anymore. So unfortunately, they had to let the school bus drivers go. Now, what this company do, this transport company, did they have an, an HR manager? The HR manager made it very clear to all the employees, there's several of them that are going to be let go, again, all senior people, right. that, well, we're a federally regulated company. Because we're a federally regulated company, there's different laws, different rules that apply. And in fact, because we're a federally regulated company, the only thing we have to pay you is two days for every year that you Oh, very work. nice. Two days for every year. So, you got so. 30 years, that's 60 days, that's Ooh. two months' pay, big bucks. <laughs> and, and, and she called me and, uh, you know, very concerned, of course, uh, saying, is that all I'm owed? And, and what's this, the deal here with the, the federally regulated? Does that change? Because I've heard you talk before on the show, Lior, she says, mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound right, but maybe because it's federally regulated. So here's the bottom line. Here's what I told her. No, that's completely, completely wrong. The fact that an employer is federally regulated does not change a person's full termination entitlements. They're exactly the same, and they're based on the same factors, age, position, and length of employment. So the fact that she's federally regulated and her colleagues are does not change what she's owed. And in fact, for her, after 30 years of of service, she was 60 years old, 24 months. 24 months pays what she's owed. So it's not Two days for every year, it was 24 months. And what I told her is, you have to talk to your colleagues. You have to let them know what Mm -hmm. their entitlements are. Now, this company, I think, genuinely, mistakenly believes that that's all that has to pay people. And in fact, their actual liability is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars more than what they believe. Uh, So it's very important for companies to get legal advice in these situations to understand what you're owed. You can't go online and try to figure it out. Uh, and certainly for employees, uh, doesn't matter federally, provincially regulated, big company, small company, uh, you know, a company that's uh, sophisticated or a company that's a mom and pop shop. It doesn't matter. Your entitlements are the same. Uh, and please don't ever make assumptions or, or, or believe someone that's not an employment law expert. For her, for this one lady, the difference here was $75,000. Imagine you know? if they accepted it. Well, can you imagine if oh. she did? And, and you know, there's 15 other colleagues that she has uh, where I'm going to be speaking with over the next few days. 
And, uh, you know, I'm going to make sure they get what they're owed. So I just wanted to bring that up, that distinction. Really, there's no distinction between federally regulated or provincially regulated when it comes to a person's full termination entitlement. And with its, you know, it's not malicious intent. They just don't know better, talking about the yeah. employer. So. I, I actually, and when I heard what this employer said, no, I, I actually fully 100% believe that this is not an employer that was a bad, quote-unquote, employer. They did not try to get away with something. They honestly believed that, and that was wrong, which is why we do this show. We're not just mm-hmm. trying to inform employees. We're trying to inform employers as well. Uh, and, and for this employer, they're going to have a bit of a rude awakening, understanding what the, what their liability actually is. What else you got? The second matter that uh, I'll talk to you about, well, let me start with the end of the second matter. Uh, this is a matter that I uh, resolved this week where I got the person an additional $60,000 in severance over and above. Now, that's the end. There's nothing unusual about it. But let's go back two months ago when I first spoke with this person. And when, when she first spoke with me, I was actually the second person, second employment lawyer that she spoke with. The first one uh, told her that she does not have a case. The reason why is because she had signed an employment agreement with her previous employer that limited her termination right. entitlement. So the lawyer said, listen, I mean, you could have been owed another 60000 but because of this employment agreement that you signed, I can't help you. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're done. You, can't, you have to accept pennies on the dollar. Yeah. So she contacted me for a second opinion, and I looked at the agreement. She did indeed sign it, but then I looked at the dates, and I realized she signed the agreement one week, one and a half weeks, I think it was, after she started working. Junk. Uh, so, yeah, junk. Uh, you know this now because we've done this show, and you know that an employment agreement is not enforceable if it's not signed before the employee starts working. In this case, she signed it a week and a half after she started working. So what does that mean? It meant that that employment agreement that she signed was actually not enforceable. It therefore did not limit her termination entitlements. Because it didn't limit her termination entitlements, we're able to resolve it. And then fast forward to this past week, we resolved it and got her an extra $60,000. So very, very important. Please don't ever accept an offer before you've dotted your I's, crossed your T's, got all the advice you need. In many cases, the devil's in the details. And if uh, you uh, accept an offer at that point, it's too late. Here, looking at a date on a piece of paper was literally a $60,000 difference maker. Lots more coming up. We'll take a quick break. In the meantime, the number one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior at any time. And Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com through the email. Lots more coming up. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Employment Hour right here, and the number is 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to some emails a little later on in the show, but first we want to talk about the severance pay calculator. What a wonderful tool this is that you, uh, you built. I did build, and I'm, I'm very uh, very proud of it. It's, uh, it's a tool that makes information accessible, legal information accessible to everyone and anyone in an easy-to-use, free way. Uh, so what does the severance calculator do? Again, well, it calculates severance. Mm-hmm. That's why we called it the severance Go calculator. Figure. Yes, yeah. If, if it Funny provided that. you recipes for cooking, it would call it the recipe <laughs> calculator. Uh, calculator. <laughs> so the severance pay calculator calculates the amount of compensation that you're owed if you lost your job. Again, whether you're federally regulated, provincially regulated, mm-hmm. big company, small company, works just the same. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and it's going to tell you immediately how many weeks or months severance you are owed. You can even calculate the dollar amount if you uh, input uh, your salary. Very easy to use, completely free. 
it, it really is about giving you information. So if you walk out of a termination meeting, first place you go to, severancepaycalculator.com. Tell your friends if they lost their jobs, your neighbors, your family. Uh, it is really important that they have this information. If they don't, they may end up accepting pennies on the dollars, tens of thousands of dollars less than what they're actually owed. What if I'm on the other side, I'm an employer, and I'm thinking about, you know, I've got to downsize or I've got to let go of a few employees. Can I uh, type in my information and say what I'm, what I'm going to be looking at if I start letting go of certain people? Absolutely. works just the same. In fact, we even have an employer mode uh, with the severance calculator there. Again, completely free, where it tells you how much, not only does it tell you how much you have to pay an employee, it gives you some options in terms of how you can pay it, potential strategies if you want to reduce the liability. Mm-hmm. So it's a very important tool for employers to use as well. SeverancePayCalculator.com for employers and employees. Let's talk about the process of obtaining better severance since we kind of kicked off the show with a couple emails and a couple stories rather in that regard. Now we always talk about how important it is to, to understand how much severance you should be paid, but many people uh, you know, they want to know if it's difficult to actually get it. So let's talk a little bit about that. First, when employees lose their job, severance is probably not the first thing on their mind. Yeah, and, and it really isn't. Uh, oftentimes when people contact me, they're not thinking, is my severance package adequate? In fact, they haven't even thought of that. They haven't even gone so far as to digest whether the offer is good, if they're happy or not. They're upset for losing their job, right? They're mm-hmm. upset because they don't think they did anything to deserve being let go. Uh, and of course, I understand that completely. A job is such an important part of our life and, and our identity. So if we lose our jobs and we don't feel we did anything wrong, we're going to be upset. We're going to be angry. Uh, we're going to be frustrated. And those are the feelings we're going to have at the time. And when people call me usually, that's what motivates them. I, I shouldn't have lost my job. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, Ultimately, that doesn't factor into the analysis. There's nothing I could do about an employer letting you go because an employer is allowed to let you go at any time and for any reason. The only thing I can do is make sure you get proper compensation. So that's the employer's obligation, to provide you proper compensation, proper severance. Maybe there's no reason to let you go. Maybe it's unjustified. The law doesn't really get into that. The law stays out of the reasons for the mm-hmm. most part. The law just wants to make sure that if you do, do lose your job, you get compensated. So whenever someone calls me saying, Lior, I shouldn't have lost my job, what I invariably have to do is focus their attention on the severance because that is the only thing that the law deals with. We, uh, you said, you know, proper or fair severance. We talk about, uh, you know, people getting it, how to go through that beyond the severance pay calculator, which we just touched on. Uh, how else do you accomplish that? Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's important to discuss because no, despite what I'm just saying about, you know, you should get better severance, you can get a lot more severance. No one's going to want to do that if it was a complicated process, if it was an expensive right. process, if it was, uh, if it was very adversarial. Yeah, totally. People may say, you know what, I just, I'll, I'll take less money. Don't need I just, the headaches. I don't need to dray. go there. Yeah. Exactly. I have better things to do. Well, here's the thing, John. The process itself is actually quite straightforward. Unlike other legal disputes, criminal proceedings, divorces, etc., that can be nasty, long, expensive, that's not the case when it comes to employment disputes, Okay. Employment disputes usually, at least those dealing with severance, can resolve with negotiation. It's very simple. If you come to me and your severance offer is not adequate, I'm going to engage your employer in a negotiation, oftentimes by way of sending them a letter saying, you've offered John two weeks pay. John should have been paid six months pay. Let's discuss. And then that's it. We engage in a discussion, a couple of letters back and forth, and we resolve it. In many cases, John, that's what we can do. Even if legal action, formal legal action is required, Unlike in other matters that I've mentioned, those resolve quickly, usually still within a few weeks or two or three months. 
and, and it, it resolves usually in amicable terms. So people should not be concerned about pursuing their entitlements. It's not a complicated process. People always have assumptions, lawyers, legal yeah. action, legal proceedings. That's all bad. It's not divorce and, here. And in many cases, yeah, it could be bad. Divorce, yeah, it's yeah. not going to be fun. I'll tell right. you that right now. But when it comes to employment law, very different right. process, completely different People shouldn't be shying away from the process because they're scared of it. So in all the years you've been doing this in your experience, uh, how many times or how often do individuals actually go to get legal advice? Not anywhere near as often right. as they should. I'm going to say that the vast majority of people, 80, 90% of people, wow. don't even think of getting legal advice. They don't know they should. They don't think there's a point or maybe they're scared to do it. Uh, but for the most part, when people lose their jobs, they don't get legal advice. And the problem with that is by not getting legal advice, I can guarantee you, guarantee you, John, those individuals are walking away from significant entitlements that they have, usually to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. And oftentimes, employers count on that. They count on an sure. individual not getting legal advice. The hedge which, of bets are going to take well, less yeah. money, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's a, in a sense, it's a good bet. It will allow the employer to pay a lot less if they know that the person's not going to get legal advice, so they'll just accept whatever's been offered. So, you know, why do we do this show? Why are we here every week? To tell people not to fall into that trap. Get legal advice. You don't like me? Fine. Don't talk to me, but talk to someone. Talk to an employment law expert that can help you make sure that at least you understand what your rights are. We bounce over to an email after a short break. The address for the email is leor at employmenthour.com. The number as well, anytime, 1-855-821-5900. The Employment Hour, right here. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The Employment Hour, right here. The uh, email address is leor at employmenthour.com and 1-855-821-5900. I mentioned getting you an email as soon as we get back from a break, which is uh, basically now. So we'll get to uh, Robert says, I've been working at a pharmacy for over 13 years, five days a week. The owner came in on Friday and told me that he has to reduce me to one day a week only. Can he even do that? Well, John, what do you think? Can, no, sir. can the owner do that? Negative. Why? Well, he can, but you know, then he can get his full service and walk out. Right. How about that action? Why? Why is that, John? Because it's a major change in the work agreement, right? Exactly. And that is the key. It is a major change. An employer is not allowed to make such a significant change. Taking someone from full-time five days a week to one day a week is a huge change. By the way, even three or four days would be a significant yeah, right. change. Uh, so what does that mean? That means that the employee has a choice. They can accept that change. They can say, fine, I don't like it, but I'll work only one day a week. Okay, that's their right. Or they can refuse and say no. And if the employer still insists, that becomes a constructive dismissal, meaning the employee can treat their employment as being terminated. They can leave and get their full severance. So we see that whenever someone loses uh, hour or sal- hours or salary, if they're being relocated, if they're being demoted, etc., that's a constructive dismissal. So the answer in this situation for Robert is no, they cannot do that. You absolutely can't treat that as a constructive dismissal. And I'm going to advise you, you want to do that. You don't want to accept a reduction to one day Why? a week. Well, several reasons. One of them is uh, because if you're let go a month later, now you get severance. Your severance now is calculated on the basis of one day a week. Brutal. Uh, instead of five days a week. Right there is going to be tens of thousands of dollars lost, right? Plus, if you allow the employer to make the change one time, you've given them the right to do it again and again. Bad news. So my advice, Robert, don't accept. Don't start working one day a week. Give me a call as soon as possible, and then we'll uh, talk about exactly how we get your severance. We'll continue discussing how the uh, process of obtaining better severance. So how common, well, let me just ask you this instead. Does an employee have to sue their former employer to get better severance in any case? Well, in some some situations, uh, legal action is required, uh, claims for wrongful dismissal, but that is the exception yeah. rather than the rule, John. 
Most cases, we do not need formal legal proceedings. We can resolve it very quickly, amicably, with some exchanges of letters and, and negotiations. And I'm going to say that in 90% of the cases, that's what we can do. Uh, it's really in more complicated cases and cases where the employer is being completely unreasonable that we have to take formal legal action. That's not a big deal, by the way, at all. But no, to answer your question, and most of the, most of the time, 90% of the time, we don't need to take formal legal action. Uh, it, it's very straightforward, very easy, very quick, uh, and the matter resolves, and the employee can then sign off on a proper severance package that compensates them as the law requires. I'm betting one reason, probably a major reason why people fail to seek legal advice is they think it's cost prohibitive. What yeah. do you think about that? Oh, yeah. No, huge. Well, lawyers. Lawyers are right. expensive. Everyone knows that, right? Hmm. And listen, again, I'm not going to say that in many case, in some situations, in many other situations, lawyers can be very expensive. You know, if you've ever had to pay for a divorce lawyer, you'll know that, okay? It is what it is. Uh, but it's very different in employment law. It really is. Because these matters are so easy to resolve, because these matters are so quick to resolve, legal fees are often going to be fairly nominal. And beyond that, in most of these cases, we're going to be able to get the employer to cover some or all of those. So legal fees should never be an issue. Certainly at my firm, we have several uh, payment options, including defer- deferring fees, mm-hmm. including contingency uh, so legal fees should never, ever be standing in the way. And in any event, usually to, to get some legal advice to find out what your rights are, there's no cost to that. Sure. So there's never an excuse not to at least know what you're owed. Always, you should always, always do that. How long does it take usually, on average? Well, on average, I'm going to say that it takes about three to four weeks to resolve an employment dispute. Oh. Uh, it could be less than that uh, if legal action is not required. If legal action is required, it could be two, three months. Uh, but on the average, I'm going to say three, four weeks is, is the average. So again, if I'm going to tell you, John, that if you give me uh, three to four weeks, I can get you five times what you've been offered. I'm in. You're going to say you're in. And and every single person I say that to says the same thing to me. Uh, that's why it's so important to get that legal advice. I can't help you if you don't make the call. So any questions, any concerns, you make the call. That number, by the way, one 821 5900 So someone's listening to the show. Maybe they've got uh, a lawyer under their belt now working with an employment lawyer. Any advice you can give for someone working with one trying to improve their severance? Yeah, you know, and I'm going to be very careful here because I, I, I never want to speak badly about any other lawyer. That's not what I do. It's not what I want to do. But I have had so many people calling me, emailing me with frustrate, you know, frustrating stories. They're being extremely uh, upset that they're not getting somewhere. And so, so here's some general advice in terms of, you know, uh, what do you do if you're working with a lawyer? When should you be concerned? Number one, if your lawyer is not responding to you. If you're contacting a lawyer and he's not being responsive, you don't hear back from them the same day or the next day, there's a problem, mm-hmm. okay? As lawyers, we're in the customer service business. We need to get back to people. So that's number one. Number two, if the matter is dragging and nothing is happening. If, you, if nothing has happened on your matter for a few weeks, a few weeks, John, that's it. You should be concerned. Employment matters can and should be moved along quickly if someone knows what they're doing. Definitely, if the matter hasn't been uh, uh, moved in a few weeks, you should be concerned. If you're not getting any movement, if the employer is not improving its offer, there may be a reason. Maybe the tactic employed by the, uh, by the lawyer is not a good one. If any of those things happen to you, you owe it to yourself to get uh, a second opinion. Again, it doesn't have to be from me if you don't want to talk to me, but you owe it to yourself to get a second opinion. These matters should resolve quickly, and it's important that someone get their full severance right away because their bills are not going to wait, their mortgage is not going to wait, the tuition they have to pay for their kids' education is not going to wait, so neither should your lawyer uh, wait to, to move the matter forward 
If you have any concerns, get a second opinion. We talk about a lot of numbers and percentages on the show. So before we break into this, in your experience, what percentage of people receive inadequate summits? Yeah, John, and, and that number is high. It's right yeah. around 90%. Uh, nice. Nine out of 10 people, they lose their job, get inadequate severance. And, and nine out of 10 people, when they get inadequate severance, are not to the tune of a couple of grand. Usually it's to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. If your severance offer is only $2,000 uh, inadequate, I'll put you in the 10%. I'll say right. that's good enough, okay? Yeah. When I say the severance offer is not good, usually it's to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. So think about it, John. 90% of people that have lost their jobs in this province over the last how many years did not receive proper severance to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. That's a huge- Adds up to millions. Millions and millions and millions of dollars, maybe beyond that. It's it's an incredible amount. We'll let you uh, ruminate on that for a bit as we go to break. You want to give Lior a call anytime, 1-855-821-5900. For email, it is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The number is 1-855-821-5900 to get a hold of Lior or Lior at employmenthour.com. We're talking about the better way, the process of uh, attaining better severance, which is always the goal of anybody when they get let go. So uh, going through the process of improving severance, damage the relationship between the employer and employee? That's probably uh, one of the top three or four concerns that an individual has when they uh, when they decide whether or not they should pursue the matter, whether they should try to get their full severance. Is it going to damage this relationship? Am I going to burn bridges? Is yeah. it going to come back to haunt me down the road? Uh, and, and again, uh, every case is different. But John, I can tell you uh, with very little hesitation that it does not burn bridges. Why doesn't it? Well, several reasons. One of them is, is because, as I've said, the process itself is fairly simple. We negotiate. So if we negotiate a resolution, it's not going to burn any bridges, uh, number one. Number two is, listen, if all you're pursuing is what the law says you should have, yeah then who's going to be upset at you for saying, well, if the law says I should have $50,000 severance, that I want 50000 not 51000 or 50000 and a half. Mm-hmm. I want 50000 So no one's going to be upset at you. It's not going to burn any bridges. I have yet in 15 years had a case, yet to have a case in 15 years where someone said it burned bridges, it hurt me, uh, I regret doing that. Not once, and I doubt I'll ever have that. Most of the times I hear somebody you know that works for a half-decent employer, the employer said, you know, here's your offer, sorry to let you go, but if you want to you know, have a look at it, get some legal advice, go ahead. Yeah, and, and that's the way it they should expect be. expect it. That's the way it should be. They, they expect it, and, and employers are conditioned to say, uh, you know, you should get legal advice. That said, in many cases, they almost hope that the person doesn't, yeah. especially if they know they're not offering adequate severance. But I can tell you, employers are not surprised or upset when an employee seeks their full entitlements because if that employer doesn't know that they owe more, what, what are they going to do? They're going to call their own lawyer, mm-hmm. and the lawyer is going to say, yeah, you're right, or, or uh, Joe's lawyer is right. You do have to pay more. So the employer is not going to be upset if, in fact, they owe more money. Okay? Again, we're talking about something that's owed. Not something that you want to have. Not a, you it's know, not a bonus. No, it's not a bonus. It's not something that you're greedy to try to get. If something is owed to you, you should get it. If I owe you $50, you're going to expect me to pay you $50. If I owe you $50,000 in severance, because that's the law, then you're going to expect me to pay you $50,000 in severance, not forty, not thirty, or any other amount. one 821 is Lior's number and Lior at employmenthour.com. Got Brian writes in, says, I recently received a letter of terminating my employment due to outsourcing my job. I signed a release accepting their severance offer. One week later, I received a call 
informing me that my termination was a mistake and they were rescinding the termination letter. Can they do this? I want the offer as presented to me. <laughs> That's weird. That never happens. Very interesting situation. I've, I've, I've had probably one or two. In fact, I think maybe even once we had a caller on the show on, on a Wednesday night uh, when the employer tried to rescind the termination. Well, the bottom line is in this case, his employer cannot rescind the termination or, or, or they can rescind the termination, but they still have to pay severance. The reason for that, they have an agreement in place. They have a contract. A severance agreement, once it's signed, it becomes a contract. You agree to accept a certain amount of money. They agree to pay it to you. The employer has to pay that amount of money. So in this case, for, for Brian, yes, Brian, if your employer doesn't want to pay, they can't do that. They have to pay it. You can contact me in that situation. They're, just like you can't ask for more money, they can decide not to pay the severance once there's a deal. So in this case, Brian, definitely, definitely make sure you get every single do- dollar that you've agreed to uh, and if they won't do it or they refuse, you give me a call. I don't think they'll be hiring him back if they have to pay. No, they may not be, <laughs> right? but you'd rather get a severance. Yeah, no kidding. More power to him. We're talking about uh, working notice of termination. We talk about that term. We've mentioned that term, Lior has, for, for you know, forever on this show. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And exactly what is working notice for termination? So working notice of termination, as the name suggests, is a situation where the employee is not being terminated now. The employee is simply being advised of their termination in the future. And in the meantime, the employee continues working. So, John, I am telling you today that five months from now, you will be out of a job. Five months from now, uh, I'm letting you go. In the meantime, this is what we call the notice period, working notice, because you're going to continue working. Uh, Now, even though this is not as common as a termination flat out, it is something that we still see an employee getting advanced working notice of termination. They do it. Is it legal? It is legal. And and, uh, not only is it legal, it's something that the law, in a sense, almost encourages, uh, even though both employees and employers may not actually like it. It is, uh, it is legal. An employer is allowed to provide advance notice. And that advance notice actually, John, counts it towards does. a okay. person's severance. So if, uh, if you're owed 12-month severance, an employer tells you, John, I'm going to give you four months advance notice of termination. That four months notice that you've worked counts towards your full 12 months sure. entitlement. Makes sense. Which means at the end, the employer still has to pay you another eight months pay. Now, a lot of people, when I say that to, to them, get very upset. So I, I'm effectively working out my severance. I'm not going to get paid the severance fully. Well, you still got a job. Fair comment, yeah. Right. Uh, but you still got a job. Most people, though, I think, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for obvious reasons, reasons, if they're going to get paid, they'd rather sit at home and get paid than have to go to work and get paid. And, you know, once you've been told that you're going to lose your job, some people may find it uncomfortable to continue going to work. I get that. That said, an employer is allowed to provide advance notice, and that amount of notice counts towards severance. The key here is to ensure that you get your full entitlement. So if you're owed 12 months severance and the employer gives you 12 months notice, you would have received what you're owed. But if he only gives you four months, then they still have to give you payment, severance, for eight months to make up for the difference. And if the employee doesn't want to do it? Well, if the employee doesn't want to do it, and I've had a case like that this week uh, when someone just wouldn't con- go back to work or wouldn't continue working, that becomes a resignation. Right. So if I tell you that I'm giving you four months advance notice of the termination and you say, forget this, I'm out of here. You're stiffed. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You're, you've resigned. Mm-hmm. So not only do you not get the notice, you don't get any additional severance. So in most situations, if you you resign, if you leave 
because the employer is giving you notice, you're not, you don't have any further entitlements and you would potentially walk away from other amounts that would be owing to you. Lots more coming up. The number one 821 5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. The Employment Hour will continue on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We're talking about uh, notice of termination, working notice of termination, what it is, how it works, all that good stuff. So does the employer have to pay additional severance at the end of the notice period? Yeah, and the employer may well have to pay additional severance at the end of the notice period uh, because that counts towards severance, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're, that's your full amount. So depending on how much notice you got, depending what your full entitlements are, your employer may owe you some severance, a lot of severance, a little bit of severance uh, at the end of it. Uh, and again, you only get that if you don't quit in the mm-hmm. meantime. So if you were to know, for example, John, that if you stay working for the next four months, you'll get another eight months pay. Well, you'll probably stay working for those four months because you want that, that payment at the end. Uh, so yes, an employer would, in many cases, have to provide adequate uh, or additional severance at the end of the working notice period. Is there a minimum or a maximum amount of notice you could be given? So no, the amount of notice that an employer can give or is based on the person's entitlements. There's no minimum. I've had situations where someone got two years advance notice. Jeez. Why? Because they were owed two years severance. So the employer figured, if I have to pay you for two years, I may as well get you to work those two years. So the employer gave the person two years notice. I don't recommend that. I think it's kind of uh, unfair uh, and it's probably not going to lead to a productive working relationship, but it's legal. So there's no minimum. And in terms of deciding how much you're owed, as you know, John, the factors are age, position, and length of employment. The longer you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position, the more is owed to you. So if an individual using that analysis is owed 12 months notice or severance, if they get 12 months notice, fine, that's it. If they get anything less than 12 months, then the employer has to make up the difference at the end once the person is no longer working there. Once they've been given notice, can the employer do any or make any changes to the uh, terms of employment? The answer is absolutely not. Uh, right. Just like an employer in, in, in any situ- regular situations can't change the terms of employment. We're talking about that at the top of the show. An employer is not allowed to make significant unilateral changes. They can reduce your pay. They can relocate you, demote you. They cannot do that during the notice period. And if the employer does do that, that becomes a constructive dismissal, which means you don't actually have to continue working. You can leave and just get your severance. Get the balance of the severance. Exactly. The the idea is very simple. During the notice period, everything stays the same. Your salary, your bonus, your car allowance, your benefits, your responsibilities, reporting hours, all that stays the same. Uh, And if it doesn't, you may be faced with a constructive dismissal, which means you have to have to get legal advice. Okay, we'll dig a little deeper then. So you're on notice. You've got your notice. Now, can your employer or can the employee be terminated for cause during that notice period? Absolutely, the employee can in the sense that everything is status quo for the notice period. The same rules apply. So if the employee did something horrible, horrendous, that, that justifies a termination for cause, then yeah, the employee can be let go for cause. But remember the rule with the termination for cause, John. It is extremely difficult to terminate for cause. Very, very, very difficult. Most employers, in my experience, when they terminate someone for cause, would have pulled the trigger before they should, which means whatever the employee did did not rise to the level of cause. And if you've done that, if you let someone go for, quote unquote, cause, when there really isn't cause or it's not quite at that level, that's a wrongful dismissal. And the same analysis applies if, if you're being provided working notice, if you're working during the notice period, an employer can still not change that. They can't let you go for cause just because 
you would have had to do something mm-hmm. awful in order to be like go for cause. Let's talk about terminationquestions.com for a minute as well. We didn't touch on that after the uh, after the calculator. Yeah, no, terminationquestions.com uh, is a tool that I created uh, probably a couple of years now, I guess. Oh my God, time flies. Right. And uh, that that it gives people, again, access to information. You know, I, I don't just talk the talk, I walk the walk in the sense that I believe in having people uh, provide, that, provide people with access to information. And one of the ways I've done that is create a terminationquestions.com. It's a free website, it's a free resource that allows anyone to post a question anonymously on that website and get myself or one of my colleagues, one of the other employment lawyers that works in my office to respond to you, again, anonymously. If you want to know something about your legal entitlements, if you lost your job, if you want to know if your employer can or cannot do something to you, you go to terminationquestions.com. There's another website, same thing exactly, wrongfuldismissalquestions.com, and everyone should use that. And we probably, in, in, in any given day, we may get 12 to 15 questions asked uh, wow, no on, on our website every day, including the weekends. We answer usually within, uh, sometimes within even a few minutes, certainly within a couple of hours we would. So, you know, if you want to know something, should I get the lawyer involved? Should I get legal advice? I'm, I don't know. I don't want to call a lawyer because then I have to give them all kinds of information. Then easy. You can go to terminationquestions.com, ask a question completely anonymously. I'm not going to call you. Uh, it's completely anonymous for your benefit. So everyone should go there. And, and again, tell people that you know may have workplace questions or workplace problems to go to terminationquestions.com. Is there a history or a database along with that? So can I, you know, if I have a question, maybe it's already been asked, like I can see other questions? Oh, yeah. yeah, if, yeah. If, if you have the time, you can get a, an MBA in employment law <laughs> just by reviewing the, that website. Uh, literally hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of questions that have been answered. Uh, you can go find out. There's also a search function. You know, if you want to know about temporary layoff, you can search for temporary layoff and, and uh, see what uh, information you can cool. find there. So very useful tool for everyone to, to go to. And again, we've had employers use that if they want to know what their obligations are to, employee, to employees. Uh, so again, terminationquestions.com and wrongfuldismissalquestions.com. And I can contact you from there if need be. If you uh, want to, absolutely, yeah. you can contact me. But again, I won't bother you. I won't contact you. I'll just answer the questions. Uh, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. There's a point of contact and the email as well. Lior at employmenthour dot com. Few minutes left. Stick around. More of the employment hour coming right up. Talk radio AM six forty and AM nine hundred CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the number to get a hold of Lior directly or Lior at employmenthour dot com. We'll wrap up this segment with uh, a little more info and a couple emails. A uh, long one here, but we'll uh, we'll machete our way through it. This one comes from Fern. Says, uh, I've been put on a performance improvement plan for 90 days. Uh, if I do not complete everything on the plan, they will terminate my employment. The things they are asking me to get done, uh, not all in my control. I have five other managers who report to me, and I have given them coaching and training, but they are not getting their part of the job done, and I'm the only one being put on the performance plan. At my Is my job at risk? Do they have the right to terminate me without severance pay? Wow. So, you know, it's not actually a complicated situation. He's been put on a performance improvement plan. Uh, and some of the things that they want him to do are not in, in his control because there's other people involved. Right. And he's afraid that I'm not going to meet those things they want me to meet. And what does that mean? Can they let me go without severance? Listen, let's make it very clear. The answer is going to be absolutely not. Unless you're avoiding doing your job and you're, you know, you're spending the t- your days in the bar and sleeping and not showing up to work and uh, or on purpose screwing up, they cannot let you go without severance. No chance. 
Could they decide to let you go uh, with severance? Yeah, potentially, mm-hmm. even though you've done nothing wrong and maybe things were out of your control. But for Fern, uh, he absolutely needs to know that if, as a result of this, as unfair as it is, if he does lose his job, he would have to get paid his absolute full severance to the dollar. There's no way to let him go in those circumstances, as, as I understand them at least, without his severance. Now, what I don't know, John, is I don't know how much severance. I don't know anything about the length of his employment or his mm-hmm. age, etc. But will he get severance 100%? So, Fern, you can always go to the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com, to find out how much you would be owed if you did lose your job. We'll get to one for Mana says, is it possible to fight a dismissal for cause if you don't think it's valid uh, in order to receive EI? Well, you know, interesting because, you know, thanks for the, the question, Anna, but what jumps, at me, uh, jumps out at me in this question is the reference to EI because the, the important thing about fighting, quote-unquote, a dismissal for cause is not even EI. It's about your severance, yeah. okay? So what, here's how it works. If an employer says, I'm letting you go for cause, two things would happen potentially. Number one, the employer may say, I'm not going to give you severance. Mm-hmm. The other thing that may happen is EI is going to say, well, wait a second. It's your fault, employee, that you lost your job. The employer had cause. So because it's your fault you lost your job, we're not going to pay you, you EI. Squat. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, next time don't screw up and don't mm-hmm. lose your job and then you'll be fine. So, but if, on the other hand, if there's no cause, if the employer did not have cause, if it, whatever you did wasn't that bad to be cause, then not only should you be getting EI, you should be getting severance. And I'm concerned that Anna here is assuming that she's just not entitled to severance. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's possible, likely, and not that difficult, frankly, to establish that the employer did not have cause. So I encourage Anna very much to call me because not only can we get you EI, we can get the employer to issue a new record of employment that says that there was no cause. We can get you your full severance. I don't know how much severance she's owed because she didn't give me any information about her age, position, length of employment. But in many cases, probably you know, in 40% of the cases that I deal with, it deals with allegations of cause where the employer improperly said, we have cause, therefore we don't have to pay anything. And in all those cases, that's absolutely wrong. So Anna, you have to give me a call. That number, one 855 821 Three email. We haven't uh, talked about this in about, oh, 30 minutes, so we'll get to it again. Let's talk about your good friends at the Ministry of Labor. Yeah, and you know, I, uh, I had a call actually uh, this week, believe it or not, from someone who had uh, contacted the Ministry of Labor after uh, after they were uh, let go. And again, 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 the Ministry of Labor only advised them with respect to their minimum entitlements. And fortunately, he didn't rely on that. He, he knew to call me or, or someone suggested that he call me. And as a result, I'm able to help him and get him his entitlement. So, so what's this? What, what does this mean? What's the problem? The problem is the Ministry of Labor, sometimes, some people refer to it as the Labor Board. It's actually not the Labor Board. It's the Ministry of Labor. Right. It doesn't matter. Uh, can only advise a person with respect to their minimum termination entitlements, not their full entitlements. Your minimum entitlements are a small fraction of what you are actually owed if you lose your job. So if you call the ministry, uh, you ask them how much I should be getting if I worked for uh, seven years, they may tell you seven weeks pay. Why? Because those are your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. Your full entitlements could be 12 months pay. The problem is if you're then staring at a severance offer that's inadequate, but the Ministry of Labor told you seven weeks is all you get, then you'll accept the inadequate severance package not knowing any better, not knowing that you really walked away from another 10 months pay that you are owed. That happens all the time, every day. Think about it, John. Every single day we have people calling the Ministry of Labor, Mm -hmm. getting 
com- incomplete and incorrect legal advice and accepting less than what they are legally owed because of it every single day. So that's unfortunately, that's why I like having this, this microphone in front of me now that I can hopefully educate people and uh, tell them they can't do that. Don't rely on the Ministry of Labor. They cannot help you. They cannot help you, not with respect to termination. Other things, yes. Your old vacation pay, absolutely. Your old overtime, absolutely. Uh, your concern that the workplace is unsafe, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The Ministry of Labor cannot help you if you lost your job. And in many cases, the information is going to be misleading. The information is going to be incorrect. And if you accept it, guess what? It's too late. You can't do anything about it. Don't let that happen to you. And if you start a file or complaint with them, you can't go back as well, right? Exactly. That's not good. Not good. You, you file a complaint thinking that's all I'm owed. And then we're like, oh, okay, I'm owed a lot more. So let me withdraw that complaint. Let me talk to Lior now. Let me talk to Lior now. It's too late. Damn it. Okay. And then you're stuck in that process. And in the process of doing that, you would have lost out on tens of thousands of dollars. Don't let that happen to you. The first place you go when you lose your job is the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com, or you just call me directly. That number, one more time, 1-855-821-5900, then email leor at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour. Once again, Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.